listening to the Sean of the South podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dietrich. We're coming to you from Verbena, Alabama, in Chilton County, home of the Pound Cake Competition. Chilton County, Alabama, is home to the Pound Cake Competition, and I was a judge for this competition. Eight women from two counties competed for the best pound cake. There was a dessert table with pound cakes of every shape and size. It was like dying and going to Beautyland. In the end, I crowned the winner. She was a small, five-foot-two, white-haired woman. I placed the tiara on her head, and her scepter was a wooden spoon with ribbons on it. It goes down as one of the good moments in my life, for I love pound cake. What a fellowship What a joy divine Leaning on everlasting arms I have received peace With the Lord is mine Leaning on everlasting arms Secure from all along Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms I have perfect peace with the Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all along. singing this very song and while they sang this song he he managed to gather up a little bit of strength and it amazed everybody and he crawled out of bed and he wobbled onto his old knees and he managed to go all the way downstairs to the kitchen and as soon as he got into the kitchen he smelt this wonderful smell it was blueberry pie and his wife Linda Everybody knew he was dying. They knew the liver cancer would probably take him over. He managed to crawl to that counter and get himself a slice of that pie. And no sooner had he gotten a slice that Miss Linda came up and slapped his hand and said, That's for your funeral. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all. Leave me. 
everlasting arms. No, but seriously, when he did pass, his wife, Miss Linda, stood next to him and he said, you know, I think about our life. I think about all the things we went through together. I think about the old farm that went bankrupt when the soil went dry. And I think about all we lost. And I think about our kids and how they haven't turned out exactly the way we thought. And I I think about everything, especially the, the last five years that have been just really, really hard, the sickness, the struggle from day to day. Linda, I think you're bad luck. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting thanks. You guys will clap for anything here, won't you? (laughs) Must not be much to do in Verbena on a Sunday night if y'all are in this room right now. (sighs) My cousin told me that the best place to get pound cake long ago was at the Holiness Church. He swore by this. He said he had snuck into the Holiness Church several times, and he said, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. You go straight through the doors, and all you see is 10-foot-tall beehive hairdos. The holiness women you see did not believe in cutting their hair if they were married. I believe that's the way it goes. And the younger women would cut their hair, but, but not much. And the women you see would wear these long skirts that were denim that blush, brushed the floor when they walked, and they, they all wore the identical pairs of, of horn-rimmed glasses. We snuck into the back row of a holiness church that looked a lot like this building right here, only a little bit lower ceiling, and it smelled pretty foul. I believe that holiness people do not believe in deodorant. And this only had one window unit, which was in the back room that did not reach the main sanctuary, and thus all we smelt were the smell of onions and tobacco and sweat And we sat and we listened to the man get on the stage and preach like a man with his hair on fire. There's a way that holiness preachers preach that will just blow your ever-loving mind. They use the word ah in between their words, such as a sentence you might hear in the holiness church would be, And the Lord ah, said ah, unto thee, ah, I ah, really could ah, get used to ah, talking this way. ah. It's kind of fun. And once he'd get on a roll, the crowd would get lubricated. 
and they would start to cheer at him. And the more they would cheer, the louder he would get. And this is before the microphone hit that church. And so he was screaming until the veins in his forehead were popping out and the veins on his neck were turning into little ribbons and his face looked red like a cherry. And he screamed and he screamed. And when his sermon hit a climax, he took off his jacket and he rolled up the sleeves of his white starched shirt. And the men who were the deacons in the church brought people forward. And this was the healing portion of the service. An old woman came down, and he laid his hands on her forehead. We couldn't hear what he was saying. That was simply meant for him and the older woman. Another girl came down. She was a a teenager. She had a large, swollen belly. She was pregnant, and he laid his hands on the belly, and he said, We pray for this child. And the church, they screamed in agreement. There was a woman next to me who had the habit of saying, Jesus, in a whisper every time he spoke. And a man on my other side wearing overalls who would say, Yes, Lord. And it got to be quite annoying. There was a child who walked down the aisle, and he tugged on the preacher's trouser leg, and the preacher looked down, and he whispered into the child's ear, And the people in the audience began to sing without instruction. They just began to sing. And it wasn't a full-on singing. It was more like a hum. They were humming together old songs that everybody seemed to know. And the man laid both his hands on the child, and he prayed for him. And the people were, were with him in that moment. And the man said, Yes, Lord. And the woman said, Jesus. And my cousin said, I'm about to hit somebody if they keep doing that. There was a woman who came up to the front, and she did what's called testify. In the Holiness Church, they will testify in what a testimony is by someone who is, is moved by the Holy Spirit to testify is someone who enjoys the sound of their own voice, who has a very, 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 very long story to tell. And she came up to the front and she told her story and we were itching in our seats and after she told her story another man who was pale faced and red headed who looked a lot like me told a story about his divorce and he took three hours to do it and it was God awful and when he was finished another man came up to the little story and my cousin looked at me and said I thought they had pound cake here <laughs> we were in luck After the testimony part of the service, after we were a good solid six hours in, it was snake handling time. Now, I have a deathly fear of snakes. I know I shouldn't, but this is perhaps why hunting never suited me as well as it did all my friends. The, the man from the back of the room had an aquarium full of snakes, and he marched it down front, and he set it right on the altar. And these things were just a swimming back and forth. And my skin began to crawl, and my cousin looked at the snakes. And I could see his eyes glaze over as, as if almost he were having a spiritual experience. I looked at him, and I, I put my hand in front of his face. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, well, you know, they say that if you, could, you have faith, you can go down front, and you can handle a snake, poison a snake, and it won't bother you. I said, are you nuts? A line formed at the side of the stage. 
It was a teenage girl first who came up, and she reached her hand into the aquarium, and she lifted this snake. And the people hollered and screamed, and the snake seemed as still as anything I've ever seen. My father and I used to go out shooting water moccasins. I've never seen snakes not move, but this thing did not move. And she put it back in, and everybody clapped, and the woman beside me said, Yes, Lord. Jesus. And an older man came up to the stage next. He reached his hand and he picked up two snakes. And he made them kiss. And he put the snakes back in the aquarium and everybody cheered. There was a yes, Lord, and a Jesus. And I looked to my right, to my cousin, and he was gone. And I looked toward the front of the room and he was standing in line, waiting to handle a snake. Well, this I had to see. For he was not a very religious boy. This was the boy who would walk up and down the road looking for old cigarette butts to light on fire and smoke. This was the boy who had a deck of playing cards, which I dare not tell you about. It had racy pictures on it that are not fit for a building like this. This was a boy who told me where babies come from, even though he got it all wrong. He stood in line, rocking back and forth on his feet, and he made his way up to the stage, up the steps, and he walked forward. He reached his hand into the aquarium, and I noticed his eyes seemed just as pure as any time I'd ever seen them before in my life. And he picked up a snake, and it was a big one, and he held it straight up, just like he'd seen done. And he was just as serious as could be. And the woman next to me said, Yes, Lord, and Jesus. And the man on the stage said, Give the boy a hand for his faith. And as soon as everybody began to clap, the snake opened up its mouth and bared its fangs and slapped right down on the wrist of my cousin. My cousin took the snake and flung it as hard as he could against the wall and said the worst four-letter word. I have ever heard in my life. He said it twice, and he ran down the aisle screaming, holding his arm, saying the four-letter word, which begins with the sixth letter of the alphabet. He rested outside. He leaned up against the brick wall, and he was panting and breathing heavy. I could see the two fang marks on his wrist. He said, oh, my God, I'm dying. I can feel it. You're coloring. You're, you're getting dim when he looked at me. It's getting dark in here. I felt terrified, like there was nothing I could do. An old woman made her way through the door, and she, she looked at us, and she smiled, and she quoted a scripture verse that said something about handling snakes and drinking poison and not being affected because of the strength of your faith. And my cousin began to faint. His skin was getting white. She put her arm on his shoulder, and she said, You had a lot of faith. But you are a sissy because them snakes have been defanged. Thanks for listening to the Sean of the South podcast. I've been your host, Sean Dietrich. I hope you've had a good time and I hope you don't forget to tip your waitresses. The music you hear behind me is Bill Rutan on the banjo, Hal Johnson on the tuba, and Don Erdman on the jazz clarinet. 
For more information on anything I do, you can visit SeanOfTheSouth.com and don't forget to drop me a line while you're there. I love to hear from my friends. Speaking of friends, I hope today treats you well, and I hope this life brings you pleasure. But more importantly, above all, I hope you come in contact with some pound cake.